0: continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: Welcome to the Giants Talk Podcast. Here's Alex Babovich and Cole Kuyper. I know those guys.
0: Welcome to another episode of Giants Talk. I'm Cole Kuyper here with Giants insider Alex Pavlovich, and we're ready to talk some Giants baseball as this season winds down, yet simultaneously gets more exciting every day. Giants Talk comes to you every Monday and Thursday right here on the NBC Sports Podcast Network and is available wherever you listen to your pods. As with every Thursday episode, later on we'll be joined by Giants broadcaster Dwayne Kuiper to get his take on what's going on in the world of Giants baseball. But first, we want to give a very special shout out to a member of the Giants Talk family, right, Alex?
2: Yeah, our producer Brandon, who makes sure that this is out all the time. Um, If you like Giants Talk, if you have listened to it early in the morning, it's because of Brandon, 100%. Like me and Cole... Stay up late, and then I, God knows what hour Brandon wakes up to get these things um, online and just does a phenomenal job of, of clipping things together. But him and his wife had a baby, a baby girl named Lennon. So congratulations to Brandon, to his wife, to the whole family. Um, and I don't know if he listens to Giants talk when he doesn't have to, but if he is, uh, thank you for all the hard work, and um, hope you're enjoying time-changing diapers.
0: I just assumed you were going to send Brandon the file anyways when we're done so he could I listen actually, to it at 4 a.m. I did with the first one after he had the baby over the weekend. <laughs> and on
2: Sunday, I, I did send it to him just in case. But he's, <laughs> enjoy, that, enjoy that time with the
0: baby. We'll be okay. Congrats, Brandon. Lennon, can't wait to meet you. For you who are a Giants Talk listener, you know what I'm about to say next. And that is Giants Talk is brought to you by Wendy's. But I have a new Wendy's ad read for you. So buckle up. Right now, get a sausage or bacon, egg, and Swiss croissant for one ninety nine during breakfast hours. We're a very pro-fast food breakfast podcast, so I'm on board with this. Go get your $2 breakfast croissant.
2: We're obviously pro-croissant, too, because of my little son, Robert the Croissant. So Yeah, yeah no, you out have out well. a little croissant-shaped well dog. Yeah.
0: He's adorable. It worked out really well, but we have baseball to talk about. Let's talk a little bit of baseball. Giant's magic number is... Three. I thought the well, magic two. number might end up being two. We'll talk about that more later because I, I, w- I went into this podcast recording kind of heated and kind of pissed off. And I was like, we should rain it back. This is a celebratory vibe. The Giants Wait, no, did do I something very good. Cool I,
2: I, I think we should just start there because You want to start with because Padres? Because you and I both just finished watching the Padres Dodgers game. And I think we have different reactions to it. And obviously, like you're the Giants fan on here, I'm the unbiased uh, beat writer who roots for the good story. That was an awesome baseball game, just a really, really entertaining baseball game. I know not if you're a giants fan, but we're not here to see a nine to six
0: like that was a good baseball game. you're using the word "we" very liberally there you the weird we to like eight thousand times a podcast <laughs> when I'm never all wearing right.
2: orange and black, so
0: all right all right fair i I was taking notes in here for us to talk about this game, and before the game even started, I was. Human, you know, are the Padres kidding? They're not even starting Tatis Jr. against Scherzer. They're just rolling over and showing belly. Four
2: nothing after like five minutes.
0: Yeah, I was like, gosh, what are they doing? Those traders down there. And then all of a sudden, they they come back against Scherzer. They're looking good. I take it back. Thank you, Padres. I never doubted you. And then what an implosion <laughs> in San Diego. That was just like. Meatball after meatball, how many home runs can they hit? I was watching on GameCast, and it was just like in play runs, and I was like, I guarantee this is a home run. It's the worst when you're watching a game
2: that you care about, and you see the in play, and it's either outs or runs, and you you know, like it's it's such a vast difference. But the only way that could have been more entertaining, like I, I was watching it live here in the press box, the only way that could have been more entertaining was if Mark Melanson was on the mound instead of Emilio Pagan, and just really bring this whole thing full circle, but. It was, look, they hit four home runs in the eighth. I I have this opinion. I put it out on Twitter, and I'm getting crushed by people. I understand Giants-Dodgers would give people heart attacks, like legitimately would probably give people heart attacks. They are the two best teams in baseball. They are the two best teams in baseball. It would be a ton of fun if two long-time heated rivals from the same division who fought for the division title for, what, three, four months now
0: faced off in the postseason. You and I have different ideas of fun. I think it would be a lot of fun if the Dodgers got ice cold, lost out the last five games of the no year, fun. and then just got crushed by the Cardinals. That's no fun. That's not All right. Right. We grew up – I grew
2: up a Giants fan. I grew up a Warriors fan. I grew up a Niners fan. You grow up hating the Packers and the Cowboys and the Dodgers and the Lakers, and it's more fun when you beat them. That's my take All on right. this. I don't – right, like, well,
0: I'm Does not doing about play, playing the Dodgers. I'm not like I'm not like, oh, I really hope we don't see the Dodgers. I'm just I want to wrap this up. I want the Giants to oh, clinch so fair. I can stop stressing. That's I want fair. that magic number to start plummeting. Um, and then I can I can enjoy some fine. baseball without losing hair over it. Do you want to your hair looks
2: great? Do you want to yeah. would you like to see them in the postseason? Is my question. Yeah.
0: Okay, I'm fine cool. with that.
2: There we go. Yeah. And here's the thing, like the Cardinals are so good the last month, like nobody wants to see them either. So it, it's become like – it's not like a choice between the Dodgers and the Reds. Like it's not a great choice either way, whoever comes in here on Friday night if the Giants win win the
0: division. So I, I just think like – Real quick, if, like we're gonna talk, if we're going to talk – If we're going to talk non-Giants real quick off the top, we should mention that Cardinals game. That was the most obvious hangover game I can remember ever seeing. Like that was like – 8 a.m. Friday morning class. we well, like, they're just not even trying. They, I, not. I could smell the whiskey through the television.
2: If you think I was at 8 a.m. classes, you know nothing about me. Uh, but first of all, the most hungover person in that series was Devin Williams, who punched a wall and knocked himself out of the postseason. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, tough. that was. We have your dad coming up. We talked to him earlier today and we talked about the Cardinals. And I think I actually said, like, they partied hard last night. So that win streak's probably ending. So that was. I don't know if if sports betting is is legal in Missouri or or, or uh, in uh, Wisconsin yet, but that seemed like a pretty easy bet today.
0: Yeah, agreed, agreed. That's that's for those daily fantasy sports players. I'm sure that was that was a gimme. Um, but all right, magic numbers three could have been two. Giants are going to, as they keep saying, focus on themselves, win it themselves, and not worry about the Dodgers losing games to get them them the numbers they need. So i respect that this team seems capable of doing it i just i just thought the padres were going to help us out and you know they're going to play us hard to end the season that would be the yeah that would that would be rough if they get swept over there but you know
2: like i don't know that they will they're not they're just not very good anymore and i I think you you made the point like it's up to the giants it's up to these two teams to go out and, and do what they're doing and the Diamondbacks have been kicking the ball around for two nights, walking every other batter, throwing wild pitches, hitting batters. Like the Giants should have crushed them tonight. It should not have been one nothing. So really, this is on a platter for them, and they have a Padres team that we saw it in the eighth inning. Like that team's ready to go to Cabo. Like they're yeah they're not ready to come into Oracle Park and and end the Giant season. They are ready to pack up and go to the beach. So they have every opportunity. It would have been a little easier if the Dodgers did not come back tonight, but the giants have every opportunity on Thursday in the next three days to, to go ahead and quench this division.
0: All right. Rock and roll. Uh, the small ball victory on Wednesday managed to get it done. I'm a little worried about the lack of power, especially after seeing what the Dodgers were capable of doing, um, uh, simultaneously, but that Chris Bryant sack fly did the trick, um, and the giants took it home. So good for them. The, the story I'd say of the game maybe stories plural we're both on the mound though Wood making himself a strong case to be one of the three or four guys who starts in the postseason you think i think right now his three i you know
2: gosman webb in some order and then Wood and discofani in some order in a yeah. in an nlds and i think given the way he's pitched i mean he's you know since he's come back 13 innings 17 strikeouts zero walks two runs like he's been outstanding and he's still building up. So um he said it after the game tonight he got up and down six times, which is they call him ups. It's a key for them. They he got out there um for six full innings and I think the pitch count isn't fully built up yet. But yeah, that is a lot of good things have happened, including I think the guy you're about to talk about over the last two weeks. But <laughs> um high up on the list is Alex Wood coming back from COVID and looking like Alex Wood from April.
0: Yeah. Really, you know, obviously I wish nobody got COVID it really makes me wish he didn't miss that amount of time. There's, there's your three wins right there. You yeah. Know?
2: Well, I think they did pretty well in those bullpen games, but yeah, that's it, true. It, uh, that's they're true. 20 and six in September. So it's hard to even find
0: them. Yeah, team. that's true. But, yeah. Um, so the, the other, the other big story is Doval is a guy you've been touting on this podcast all year. I think we've kind of, we've, we've mentioned this before, maybe. That's closer material. He's throwing yeah. heat. He is completely ice cold under pressure. Um, that's that slider moves great. It that's closer material. I don't know that he he might be too green to close in the postseason this year, but down the road, I think he's the guy. Here's the thing though, I don't know that Gabe Capor cares about green. Like he he
2: had Curvin Castro, who has less experience than Camilo Duvall, much less big league experience than Camilo Duvall, he was going to get the ninth inning. He did get the ninth inning um, on Sunday in Denver, and he got it with a big lead because Brandon Crawford hit a three-run homer. He was going to get the ninth inning with a one-run lead. So, you know, before Camilo got his first career save, Kervin Castro, who's 22 years old, was going to get an opportunity. Camilo gets the chance on Tuesday night. He's back out there again on Wednesday night. Certainly, you know, Jake McGee is, is uh, on the I.L. Tyler Rogers, I think, has been working pretty hard lately and, and had a rough night on Tuesday. So there's some extenuating circumstances here, but I don't think there's any doubt that Camilo is in the inner circle of three. You know, like it, it's him, Jake McGee, and and uh, Tyler Rogers at the end of games now in, in some form, and I, I don't think they'll name a closer. I don't think they will. I certainly know that they will not name Camilo Duvall their closer going into the postseason. Um Especially given what the other two guys have done this year, but that is a nice weapon to have. If you have, you know, you you look at the Dodgers potentially. If if you have um, Betts and Turner coming up to lead off the eighth inning, and, and you know you don't want to necessarily put that on Tyler Rogers, who can give up contact. You want the guy who can get strikeouts. Well, here we go. They have that guy. So I don't know that he'll get a you know that he'll get a lot of saves in the postseason. But I think they feel fully comfortable giving him an opportunity. And the other thing I'll say is that Kirby and Castro was warming up in the eighth inning tonight. So if Harwin Garcia gets into trouble, there's a chance we see this game end with Castro, the 22 year old and Deval, the 24 year old. So I don't think they care at all about these guys being green, which is good.
0: All right. All right. Your, your words to my ears, because that stresses me out so much. I think about myself at 22 in like my incapability to do any basic to task, an let alone, yeah, let alone pitch in the World Series. Um, so, what these these young kids might be expected to do is going to be really exciting. Well, there's a reason um, that you
2: and I are hosting this podcast and not <laughs> pitching in front of, you know, well, I don't want to mention attendance because the number tonight was low. But, yeah,
0: d- dude, you're like a masochist on social media lately. You're I was trying like, to get dragged?
2: Months, I waited three months to send out another attendance tweet, something like that. So, it's, I'll just say the number tonight started with a, a 2 3 which is
0: unexpected. Well, those are the two uh, potential magic numbers tonight. So I think that was just on brand. That's how it happened, yeah. We'll see what they get for a
2: Thursday night game against Madison Bumgarner. There's no excuses Uh, for that one.
0: Madison Bumgarner, I got to imagine that's going to be a full house. One last, Camilo Doval. I love the number 75. Zito said he picked 75 because it makes that great shelf, but the Giants' home duties didn't have the – the name on the back. So I never really got to appreciate the shelf That's that much. That's a really good point. He has Looks shelf. great. Looks great. The new uniforms with the name on the back, the shelf plays. I love it. I love two
2: more things about it. One, uh, curving Castro 76. So if we can get like a 74 and a 78 up here at some point, you just have what an offensive line of, uh, there's a D line who were set. I don't know. You have a bunch of linemen out there. Um, and the second thing is, it's kind of like a little wink and a nod to everybody who went through the Zito years. Like, mm-hmm. I feel the same way right now about the Gene Segura 200 double joke. I'm like, if you understand this joke when it's made on Twitter, you were there in April for a Giants-Phillies game <laughs> when nobody thought the Giants were good. So it's the same way. Like, if, if you see, see Camilo Duvall wearing 75 and uh, your first reaction is to think about Barry Zito, like, you've been through
0: some wars. So you, yep. it's, it's a little bit of a throwback. We've been there, dude. We've been in the Zito yeah. trenches. We were there for rally zito. <laughs> we were there. We obviously have to shift gears a little bit and get do a down bit Rally Milo. Hopefully they don't need rally Camilo, but Yeah. I what you want to put a bat in his hands? No,
2: I don't. I'm I'm the relief pitcher of bat guy, but we
0: don't not after what happened to Belt, but Oh, uh, so let's talk Brandon Belt then. Yeah. Um, Brandon Belt is out for at least two weeks, mo- likely more than two weeks. Um, last time we talked to you guys, it was immediately following the injury. We didn't have any updates yet. We were hopeful yet worried. And would you say this is as bad as the news could have been? More or less? Um,
2: no, because I, you know, I've seen these before where they tell you right away the guy's out for four to six weeks. So mm-hmm. I when they tell us that he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks, um, you know, it's, that's like, that's a, that's a checkpoint. That is not, that's not, he's going to be back in two weeks. And Andrew Baggerly, um, who is never wrong about these things, a great reporter, he heard it was going to be four weeks just to heal. So, you know, that takes you to the world series. I would, I would be surprised if we see him again this season. I think you're talking about a thumb for a hitter. And it's difficult. We talked to your dad about this a little bit and, and what that means for a hitter, but just the timing of it for him. Like, they literally would have to get through into a deep world series for him to even have an opportunity, I think. Look, Brandon has come back in the past from a concussion to hit that homer in the 18th inning. He had a knee injury this year that was supposed to be season ending. He came back from that, but this is a tough one, and he just has to wait for it to heal. And if it's going to be, you know, best case like three four weeks for it to heal the calendar is just not in his favor
0: help me out with some uh postseason roster management knowledge for i would self-describe myself oftentimes as a moron so i'm <laughs> going to lean on you here do they have to call put him on the team before game one of the world series can they slide him in if he's feeling good in game four like how does all that, putting that work in the, the guy on the
2: spot who has not covered a world series in seven years oh, sorry so, dude <laughs> um no i i I, they'll be okay. Like from a, from a roster perspective, they'll be okay. They, they can, um, you know, you can't mess around with the roster during a series. If you do the guys, the next guy's out uh, mm-hmm. or that guy's out for the next round, which we've seen in the past. But um, I, I think they'll have a pretty good idea with him of, of whether they can use them and, and whether they cannot. that, that for me is not the concern. It's just a matter of, does he have enough time?
0: So well, he'll be get, back, Alex. back. Yeah. We'll see him again. A hundred percent. Mark my words. At some point. Th- this is an easy prediction to make because if it doesn't happen, no one will remember this, but if it does happen, Cole was right. You'll cut it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm saying belt's back. He finished at 29 home runs, which is brutal. Giants fans thought they were going to get their first 30 home run hitter since Barry Bonds. We'll talk about this a little you bit more. You thought you were going to
2: get your 30 homer prediction that you made at the all-star break.
0: I thought it was you easy money. i had locked it, it
2: with Brandon belt when you never even mentioned him, but.
0: I I've been we didn't decide if Chris Bryant plays or not because he does have thirty.
2: Yeah, so it's a yeah. It it is really um, you know I the thing I feel awful for him about aside from just missing the playoffs and the fact that this is obviously a a bad break in in a million different ways. It's just he has worked. He has waited so long to I think be embraced the way he was the last month. um, Fully embraced. He is certainly. How do I? Can I say smart Giants fans? (laughs) Because savvy Giants fans, I think, have an understanding of how good of a player he has been, and the fact that he is one of the best infielders in franchise history. He is going to go down as one of the better players in franchise history, and you know he's been a great clubhouse guy. He has been a hilarious quote. He has been a a team leader. I think the captain thing just kind of really took him to a different level, and then the fact that he was homering every other day after that, like you know, the belt wars, there was no argument for the other side. And there, there's people who have remained on the other side of that all these years, and, and there was no argument to be made. Um, and, and so that is, is just a bummer. And I, he's been waiting a long time to just be healthy and finish out a season feeling the way he is right now and, and take a shot at 20 homers, take a shot at 30 homers. So to finish one short, um, when he was just playing better than just about anybody in baseball, it, it's just awful for him, I think. And, you just have to feel for him that it's just, he's had, he's been star crossed his whole career and it's just terrible luck.
0: I a hundred percent agree. I think the smart fans are all really grieving this and I can't help, but think about the fact that, you know, he's not guaranteed to be a San Francisco giant next year yeah. and this would be a brutal way to end his tenure with the team. But on the flip side, how do you think ending the season on an injury changes free agency? You know, is that a question mark now for, for other franchises than the Giants? I don't, not with a, a, a thumb fracture. It's such a small
2: injury. I mean, it's potentially going to knock him out of the postseason, but it's it's a thing that you can, you know, scan very easily and just say, okay, okay I'm healed. Um, but I, I do think his free agency to me is fascinating anyway, because he, he's somebody who, you know, smart teams for years have been have been trying smart to smart teams for
0: and smart fans, man. Yeah.
2: They have been, teams have been trying to trade for him for years. Like the savvier teams in the league have been making that call and they understand what he does. They understand what he does. Well, Gabe Kapler mentioned him in his opening press conference two years ago. The only player he mentioned, I think was Brandon belt. And, or one of the only players he mentioned, how much he liked watching Brandon belt in the batter's box. So he called him an assassin. Like he's um, you know, so there's going to be a lot of teams, I think, like, you know, the Red Sox, the Cubs, like the Rays, um, the Astros, I would think like these teams that understand what he does well. And it's just a matter of does one of them have more money it, And is one of them a better fit than the Giants. But that's a conversation for the offseason. But it, it is just another angle to this that that he is um, potentially hitting
0: free agency after this. So we have a pretty good idea of how that that first base void's gonna look now, right? Like we're gonna have Flores and Wade kind of platooning on there until Ruff's healthy. We're not gonna really see Posey Ruff should at first be back
2: Shortly after this goes up. So he, he's supposed to be back Thursday night against Bum. Okay. Um, look, that's there's, there's no silver lining to this because even if you feel like you you replace him well at first base, like that just means you have one more hole elsewhere, you know? Like mm-hmm. whether it's in the outfield with Wade or whether it's on your bench with Ruff. Um, It's just another hole on your roster. So there's no silver lining here, but I will say like Darren Ruff has a 1036 OPS as a first baseman this year. Wade juniors right around a thousand. So they've done a phenomenal job of filling in when belt got hurt. Originally it's one spot where they can be okay. They have Wilmer Flores there as well. Chris Bryant can play first base. Like they have a lot of options there. It's just, it takes away from something else. It takes away from your bench. It takes away from your outfield. You know, it takes away from your ability to platoon late in the game, but um, but they can fill in for brain belt.
0: all right. And remember if they need to do late inning, uh, platooning, there's always Kevin Gossman's bat that can fit in somewhere. That is, that is very true. All right. Let's bring in uh really? Dwayne Kuyper. Before oh, we get you to got Dwayne, more.
2: so I just wanted to give one thing to our listeners because oftentimes you make the outline for this, this podcast. And since we started with the Padres, you had them last on our outline, but I, I forced you to talk about them when it, when the wound was fresh, I just have to say that the first bullet point that you had on our outline just says, are the Padres kidding question mark? So that was basically how you felt as you were watching that eighth inning.
0: Yeah, dude, yeah, I was heated. I was like, oh, I wait, was celebrating. I didn't see my... the,
2: the third bullet point is Jesus Christ yeah,
0: Padres, what are you doing? This was a progression as the game went on rather than updated and deleted, I just added to it. Yeah, um, just kind of like I was speaking into a void. Um, so I'm glad you and our listeners got to share that misery with me.
2: Yeah, that, that was, I, I can understand watching that eighth inning would have been, would have been a little rough.
0: So, yeah. and so actually, this, and this I was watching post game too,
2: like 10 minutes after, after watching it, we're what an hour after the giants, win their 104th game for the first time in San Francisco
0: giants history, we're 10 minutes we're after a uh, morning, a Padres loss. Yeah. So it's uh, this is why we do it after the games. It was it was pretty funny watching Giants post game tonight though, and hearing Greg Papa give updates throughout post game on yeah. the Padres game because he started with a gleeful like magic numbers about to be two, and then ooh, we he just heard uh, Muncie or whoever hit a home run oh Pollock hit a home run oh it's uh, sorry E forty don't mean to interrupt you Seeger just hit a home run yeah
2: I, I, I'm gonna go apart. behind the scenes here I I was on the post game show tonight and when I dialed in I just heard somebody go are you kidding me. And it was, I think it was the Seeger home run. So yeah, there's everybody back in the studio watching the same thing, whole Bay Area watching the same thing and had the same reaction as you, which was Jesus Christ Padres, what are you doing? But I hope oh, your right. dad was home and asleep and didn't have to watch that. But we did talk to him earlier today. So uh, it's always fun on Thursdays. Um, here, here's Dwayne Kuyper. All right. It is a Thursday, so as always, we have Dwayne Kuyper. Dwayne, this time I brought a prop. I got to wear this for the first two minutes of our podcast. Have a captain's hat, not from the Giants, but from my bachelor party, which we won't explain any more of that. Um, but Were you the <laughs> captain? What's that? Were you the captain at your bachelor's party? Briefly. Okay. I was the captain right. of the boat. We made it back, so it worked. Okay. Um, Brandon Belt is, I think that's, you know, I mean, he's had a lot of injuries obviously and, and they've all been bummers but this is like the worst possible timing not just given where the team is but given where Brandon is and how well he's been playing and uh, you know the captain thing I think took on a life of its own and, and kind of won over a lot of the fan base and he really to me was, was the best place has ever been as a giant so uh, what was your reaction to the news on Tuesday and, and where the Giants go from here?
1: Well when he got hit I was concerned. And then when I started to read stuff, I mean, I Crawford had talked to him after the game, and uh, I started to feel a lot better. But I was really shocked that, uh, that they, when the announcement was made that it was broken. Because uh, I kind of thought that the Giants were through with these injuries and, and they were going to kind of coast into the postseason, even though they'd have to play really hard. To, uh, to stay ahead of the Dodgers. And I never thought they'd lose somebody like Belt. Uh, I think, you know, if, if it, the, the, the guys that they classify as the old guys, uh, if you lose Crawford, you know, that would be a huge blow. If you use, lose Buster, that would be a huge blow. And, uh, and Belt falls into that same category. Uh I don't think there's any doubt the Giants can win the division without belt. I think they can play great in postseason without belt, but it does make it harder for them to, to move on, to keep moving on. Uh, It does make it harder. Uh, And, uh, and the postseason, postseason is hard, hard enough as it is, but, uh, but this will make it more difficult. And, uh, you know, but the team so far has been able to, to, uh, to deal with these things. I, look, I know, uh, without Belt, they went 40-19. and 19, But those are regular season games. You know, very soon we're talking about post-season games. And uh, and you have to be at your best, not just offensively, but defensively.
2: The initial diagnosis, obviously, is he's going to miss two weeks. It could be, you know, a, a full month before he's fully healed. As somebody who was a big-league hitter, could you kind of explain um, – the left thumb there and and what, how how important that is just to have that ability to have that wrapped around the bat. Yeah. It's, it's your top hand
1: and, uh, and you know, it's, it's not a problem if you don't, if if you're just going to stroke it left without breaking your wrist, it's fine, but you need your top hand to throw the barrel of the bat to the ball. And, uh, and that's where that, that thumb comes in because, uh, you know it is definitely a big part of what you need to to finish your stroke you know i don't i i would be really surprised if he came back at all in uh in october uh but then again you know you, you don't know it every thumb injury is different from one guy to the next i know that they tried to to compare it to jt rumuto who broke his thumb and you really can't do that because mm-hmm. Uh, every thumb injury is going to be different and uh, and every guy handles it different. Uh, so, but again, the bottom line is, is if he played at all in October, I would be shot.
0: I'm looking ahead to the rest of the season. I know we're supposed to be focusing on what the Giants do winning every game. Don't look at what's going on with the Dodgers, but you know, it's, it's coming down to the wire here. Um, and I just wanted to see if I could pick your brain a little bit about what we might expect out of the Brewers as they end the season against L.A. I mean, that's obviously a pivotal series for Giants and Dodgers, uh, but the Brewers have already clinched. Do you think they're going to be given 110% there? How many pitches do you think their starters have on a leash? I mean, if if they don't give it their all, that's, that's a gimme series at the end for the Dodgers, and I'm worried about that.
1: Well, I mean, I think we all should be worried about it, but uh, uh, last night at the park, uh, Dave Fleming, Came into our broadcast booth and he said that he had talked to Brian Anderson, who is the Brewers' TV play-by-play person, and is a really good broadcaster. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you have seen him on golf. And,
2: really good, yeah.
1: But uh, Dave asked him the same question, Cole, that you just asked me, and uh, and he said that the Brewers, because they don't play until Friday. Yeah, you know the. They play the Dodgers on the weekend and then their next game will be the following Friday. So they are going to start every one of their guys that they plan on playing in postseason starters. And they have three really great starters and they, and you know, maybe instead of going seven innings, you know, maybe they go five or maybe they go six, uh, but they will play to beat the Dodgers. Yeah. That, that Brian Anderson assured, uh, uh, Dave, because Brian Anderson had some conversations with Craig Council. So uh, I felt a lot better after that conversation because the Dodgers are going to be getting after it like it's a wild card game. And uh, and we saw how difficult the Brewers are to beat. And uh, so, and you know, and they need to keep those guys fresh. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we watched the Detroit Tigers in 2012 win every game in postseason. And then they had, like – and, Alex, you probably know better than I do – seven or eight or nine days off before they played the Giants. And they got stale, and the Giants swept them. And uh, so it's important that these teams stay fresh because four days off – let's see, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, four days off is a long time for hitters not to face game situation hitting and uh and and they'll try to hang in there as long as they can with these guys
2: that was the famous detroit team that they did the fox graphic where it was like hitting check defense check starting pitching double check detroit check Check. it was four nothing giants um i I think right now if anybody was going to get double checks it would be st louis because they have not lost in like two and a half weeks um and and they're for the reason you say that people worry about the four days like they're frightening because they're guaranteed to play on wednesday So they're going to come into October hot. If they come to San Francisco, they're going to have beaten the Dodgers potentially in a wild card game, if that's the way this goes. We know Arenado. We know Goldschmidt. We know the Giants had trouble with St. Louis already earlier this year. I mean, how, how worrisome are they just kind of hanging out there as the second wild card team? I'll bet, Alex, that the Cardinal manager
1: and even the people in the front office, their analytics people, I'll bet that they hope that they lose a game yeah. before before the postseason, because what they don't want to have happen is finish out the regular season and not having lost, and then get into that wild card game and lay an egg. And say, it's sure. better to yeah. lay, lay that egg before you get to that one game, and uh, and also, at some point they're going to want to give Goldschmidt a, a, a day off or Arenado or you know all those guys that have been pushing really hard. Uh, because you're right, they're going to play right away. So, uh, so it is, it's good for them, uh, you know, to play as soon as possible. It's good for any team to play as soon as possible. Uh, so, uh, but they're playing really great right now. And look, I think the schedule has helped them, but they also had to play Milwaukee uh, during this stretch.
2: I will and, say uh, they party pretty hard on Tuesday night, so maybe by the time this airs, they yeah, end on Wednesday. So. Yeah, I mean, you
1: know, we're, we're always hoping for that, that uh, you know, that party that they partied like you're in Isla Vista, and, uh, and then maybe you're tired and you can't move on. But they're playing great, and those two guys, if, if there's ever been two guys that have been a thorn in the Giants' side, it's those two. And, uh, and that's why winning, winning the West would be a good idea. So you didn't have to deal with those two guys.
0: So this is our last regular season podcast episode with you this year. So I decided to go back, listen to some old podcasts and revisit our preseason and midseason predictions from the three of us. And I wanted to tally up how many we got right and how many we got wrong. You guys want to uh, hear a bit of a recap and let me know if, uh, if you're surprised by any of these. Or even if you're surprised we made that bold prediction because of how little it turned out. Kyle, okay. Well, so I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna
1: I, Cole, I, I right off the bat, none of us said they were gonna win 100 games. I'm quite sure.
0: <laughs> we weren't bold enough with our predictions. Yeah. We went so very uh, minor league prospect heavy. So right off the bat, um, Alex said Austin Slater will hit 14 plus home runs. He has a shot. What do you guys think? He's, He's got there. a shot still. Is that 11?
1: Well, Does he would, more- if if he
2: played more, he would have it for sure.
0: I'm marking the, this as a no for now, but we'll uh, we can revisit that yeah, if he manages to sneak. on Thursday and
2: possibly Blake Snell this weekend, so I'm not out <laughs> yet.
0: Not out yet. Alex said the Giants will have the top ranked farm system in baseball by the end of the year. Um, what are close. they like? They're, they're almost close. there.
1: They're, they're probably in the top five, I would think. Yeah, I think they would tell you they're in
2: the top five. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I think they would be tell you that they might not trade any of their people for other prospects in other organizations i think they're they pretty pleased and all you have to do is look at the two guys that are throwing in their bullpen right now
0: uh, alex's final prediction made at the halfway point in the season was that the giants will break the franchise record for total home runs in a season big round of applause for alex in. there it thank, goodness Bell, that.
1: thank goodness Belt didn't get hurt before they went to denver <laughs> it was an easy one yeah that was a good one all right well what were my mind?
0: I'm going to go for yours here. Elliot Ramos hits between seven and 10 big league home runs this year.
1: Yeah, that was a big swing and a miss.
0: <laughs>
1: I, met his, I met his brother to hit one.
0: <laughs> oh, there we go. He should have just said so. Um, Sean Jelly will make a big league appearance. Thumbs yeah. down.
1: Swing and a miss.
0: And then a Giants pitcher will hit a home run. I, I might be forgetting one, but I don't think we've had a Giants pitcher home run. I don't, Logan Webb had think, that one that th- was so close.
1: I don't think anybody is. Uh, uh, I, I do, other than I remember Webb's hit and Gosman a few hits. The Giants are the worst hitting pitching staff in baseball. Uh, yeah. That's why the Gosman sacrifice fly was like a highlight of the year, uh, especially against one of his whole teams where he was like two for 47. Uh, so, yeah, the, 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 at least one pitcher should have hit a home run. Webb
2: came I mean, close.
0: Webb was yeah, right there. Yeah, that's true. So, if if
2: anyway. you had said Kevin Gosman will poke 10 singles through the uh, shortstop hole, you would have nailed this yeah, one. But I know. Not, so, no power. So, anyway, um, swing and a miss.
0: All right. Now here's for my predictions. Right off the bat, we're going to see Elliot Ramos before the All-Star break. Did not happen. An opening day starting player will be traded at the deadline. Did not happen. Right. Um, But my midseason predictions, I got almost there, guys. And I'm very salty about this because I was so close. The Giants will have their first 30 home run hitter since Barry Bonds. With seven games left to go, Brandon Belt's injury took that one out of contention. He's going to end the season at 29.
1: That's a win for you, Cole.
0: You're gonna call. You're gonna let that one count. Yeah, that's, so, that's
2: that. a definitely a win for you. Uh, the problem okay. with it is he predicted Crawford, and then he said Yastrzemski was his wild card, and Belt came out of nowhere. So he and he right. tried to get <laughs> Chris <laughs> Ryan at some point. So it's, well, <laughs> but let's put it
1: this way, Cole. If Belt hadn't tried to bunt, he might have hit thirty in that at bat.
0: Yeah. I know, right?
1: <laughs> so thirty I'm, in right course
0: there. for sure. I'm blaming.
1: I'm blaming Belt.
0: All okay. Right. And then finally the giants will go undefeated in the city connect uniforms. One loss, and one, very close. So I I'm going to give myself a half point for each of those last ones. That was pretty, yeah. Cool.
1: I, I, you know what? They played great in those uniforms. Uh, and you know what? And I've gotten used to them. Uh, it, it, when they take the field now, it's not, Oh my God, look at that. Uh, you know, I, it's now it's like, okay, not a problem. Uh, you know and then last night we were watching the Dodger game and they had their uniforms on and with those dark blue pants it looks it, it I feel bad for guys like Muncie that are big guys <laughs> even Corey Seager who's who's you know he's 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 a real tall guy but he's a little bottom heavy it just it, it just looks bad they look like softball uniforms
0: yeah it's not or a like good one. like prison blues
1: yeah, I mean, and I think the Red Sox ones are okay. The D-backs are okay. But I, I think the Giants win this, definitely win the uh, uh, the, the Connect uniforms.
2: I agree. I think we, we've come around on them. I'm going to end with this, um, not a prediction, but just a, a preview of, of Thursday. The Giants will face Madison Baumgartner, which they have done before, and we've seen him before. But they haven't done it in front of fans at Oracle Park. So this is going to be a, a special night. Yep. Um, one, what, what do you think that's going to be like? And, and two, I, I know you occasionally touch in with guys. Have you talked to him at all since he left or had a chance to exchange any text messages? He's he, hard to get in touch with. But. He sent me a text about
1: probably a week ago, and uh, I'm sure it was he and Allie, his wife, were watching one of our games, and uh, all he said is, you know, uh, we really miss you guys. Uh, you know, because I, I, look, I, I know what bum used to do, bum would pitch and then go back to the hotel room and then he would watch the game. Uh, you know, he'd get on his computer and he'd watch the game. So he knew everything that we would say about him. And, uh, and you know, it's how, how could we not be complimentary of that guy? Right. Uh, so, you know, he became a fan of ours, and, and obviously we were a huge fan of his. And, uh, and we kind of muddied the waters for his opinion on other broadcasters. Uh, so, and, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that had to do a lot to do with him saying, you know, we miss you guys. And uh, I sent him a text. I told him that after his 7-inning no-hitter, that was worthy of half a Kringle. <laughs> not a full one, but half a one. And, uh, and I, I, got a response back that I can't repeat, but, uh, but it's, it'll be different for him because there'll be people in the stands, as you said, Alex. And, uh, but, uh, but I, I watched him in my binoculars the other night in the dugout and, uh, and he was on the top step, you know, visiting with some of his teammates. I mean, I think he's probably a lot closer to turning the page on how difficult it was to leave i think he's closer now to that being a, a fact where he doesn't think about it much anymore but coming back he's always going to think about it and now with the fans and he's going to receive a really really nice ovation uh as he should and 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 i hope people stand uh when he runs out to the mound you can cheer against him once he starts pitching but you have to acknowledge what he did in a giants uniform uh i think i said this maybe on the morning show uh, it is really possible that at some point uh, he will have a statue in, in at our park. And, uh, and I don't think anybody would say that that's a bad idea.
2: I think me and Cole are in agreement. We talked about this earlier. We want to see him face Buster and face Crawford. And, and then, uh, you know, obviously hope that it, it goes okay for the giants, but it, it would be a ton of fun if we saw that in front of a big crowd. Yeah. I
1: mean, it really would. And And look, Crawford's gonna need a day soon. And it may be that that the uh, you know, the Estella kid plays against Bum and that that the Casali plays. It's very well possible. But uh, but it wouldn't be so they so they wouldn't face each other. It would be out of necessity because that's just how it's been working out. So we'll see. All right, we'll see. Yeah, I think we've goes.
0: talked about we've talked about that this past season um on the podcast about how fun these these Things are for the fans, be it rivalry games or Bumgarner recitings, but uh, Gabe Kapler's team's not planning their lineups around whether the fans have fun with the narrative.
1: He's not, and, uh, and neither are the analytics people that, uh, that help <laughs> him make these decisions. By the way, I don't know if you noticed it, Alex, but uh, the, the game on, uh, on Tuesday night, Mike and I said it on the air, it really kind of looked like the analytics people for Arizona just took the night off. Hardly any overshifts. Yeah. Everybody almost played straight away where the second baseman plays, where they normally play the shortstop plays where they normally play. And we just don't see that anymore, but that's what Arizona did.
2: They did. hilariously also just start all lefties and see if that would work against Logan Web and, and <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And uh, that was a big analytics work. move.
1: It, it really was one of the worst played games by both teams that we've yeah. seen this year. That was bad.
2: We'll put that behind us. to we'll look forward to bum. Duane, Let's go. We'll talk to you next week.
1: You got it. All right, guys. Have a good one.
0: Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers. Hunt for muddy puddles. And bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig.